Broadcasting from the Any Hour Services Podcast Studios, I'm your host, Mike Wilson, and on this episode of In the House, we're going to be talking about common furnace failures and how to avoid them. Let's go. Is that the first time you've heard the button? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's the response I was looking for. <laughs> Usually, you're doing your little... That was like thousand percent improvement right that's there. exactly why we got the button because i looked weird <laughs> like just dancing to nothing because that's the song i hear in my head every time i say let's go and now we actually have a button to that was to the push. song you were like singing along like doing your little doot to doot to that i was hearing in my head because that's the huh. song that's the theme song of the show interesting interpretation what would come out i'm just saying oh yeah like what what i would sing instead yeah, yeah. there's a reason that we never put that on the show like it was, oh. it was just a, a a placeholder at the time yeah i got you anyway i'm it, still waiting for the alexa well yesterday uh we, we used the phone where is my Sir? phone did i have oh i'm naked oh sorry like i usually have my phone in my pocket or something i must have left it upstairs on my desk anyway it doesn't matter Hey, In the House is a podcast about the major systems in the house, electrical, plumbing, heating, and air conditioning. Each week, I'm joined by a panel of experts. We pick a topic, top, uh, yeah. we pick a topic, and we discuss it in depth. It's meant to be informative and hopefully bring you some value. I've got Kevin and Richard with me today. They're managers over the HVAC service and install department at Any Hour Services. Uh, guys, how you doing? Doing well. Uh, do you guys help out cleaning around the house? No, a little bit. A little bit? How about you? Yes, I but seem not to, as much as other people. Yeah, I seem when I do it, my wife just isn't happy. She's like, no, nah, you need to do that again. My wife was out of town for a little bit uh, not too long ago, and so I was doing a lot of the cleaning. And like, I realized that when I go to the store to buy like the cleaning product, I like smell them all, and it's whatever the smell is that hits me at the time. Do you guys have a favorite cleaning product? No. No. The, the one you say that like pine saw always comes to mind. Ooh, I like pine saw. Pine saw's good. My wife really likes that Windex multi, the antibacterial, whatever that is. Oh, it's do you know? Braze that on everything. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what, uh, what cleaning product is the dinosaur's least favorite? No. Comet. <laughs> <laughs> like I mentioned, uh, <laughs> Like I mentioned before, we're going to be talking about common <laughs> furnace failures, common furnace problems. Uh, you guys have to have some dad jokes. Oh, yeah. All right. That's... Hey, so I, I have to revisit my answer about helping. Does making my kids clean, does that count as me helping clean? It doesn't count as you helping clean, but it counts as you helping to like make sure the cleaning is getting done because that's one thing that my wife should be like, can you go talk to your, Oh, I banged on the table. She's like, can you go talk to your kids and get them? I need your help right now. All right. As long as it counts a little bit. Okay. Yeah. What if, what, here's another one for you. Mm -hmm. What if my wife says, can you vacuum? And I say, Hey, Alexa, start the iRobot Roomba. Does that count? In my mind, it does. If that's how she would have vacuumed work smarter. Not well, she harder. hasn't, she hasn't complained about it yet. Yeah, no, that counts. Oh, that's sweet. Work smarter, Hang not on. harder. That's what my dad always taught me. Should we start it right now? Yeah. <laughs> Let's start. She's going to think it's like possessed. Oh, I got a new phone and I don't know what my password is to log in. Oh, well. I'll figure it out. All right. Well, we are going to be talking about common furnace problems uh, that you guys see on a daily basis. And I'm sure we could go over tons and tons of um, 
scenarios and different parts that fail and thing, but for the sake of time and the fact that we're going to go in depth on these, let's try and narrow it down to a top, you know, five things that you guys see on a daily basis. Not that you have to see all five in one day, but if you look at like all the service calls that are run, cause we run a lot of service calls more than probably anybody else in the state, as far as like, you know, service companies go. So what are some of the common things that you guys run across out in the field? Common things that fail on a furnace? You know, I think, uh, you ask that question, I have to think to myself, okay, what's the typical call, you know? No heat. And uh, people take, you know, they call up and no heat can mean a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A lot of stuff that contributes to it. Um, it seems like you show up to houses and a lot of the time you go in there and a lot of the times it can be something pretty simple, you know, um, from a switch just being left off or kids got in there and flipped a switch off on the side of the furnace to uh, there actually being something that's wrong. Um, Typically, when we get out to a house, we're going to ask customers some questions just to get an idea as to what the actual furnace is doing. You know what I mean? And so you listen for some indicators. You know, Richard, I tell you, hey, my furnace seems to be running, but it it starts up and then it kicks off and then it starts up again and it kicks off. And it blows out a little bit of heat, but then after a little bit, it just shuts off. What are you thinking? I'm thinking flame sensor. Yeah. Exactly. Man, I'm, I hit that on the head and you hit you that did. on the head. That was perfect. You guys, <laughs> I, can, I can promise you, they did not rehearse this before the show. No. They wouldn't even give me feedback on the notes for the show. So we, I can guarantee you they didn't practice that. We really <laughs> figure that you need to earn your, yeah, we're, yeah, we're, earn your money. We're turning your, you into a technician, Mike. I'm getting close. I, I've been doing, I've been making a lot of furnace videos and coming off the back and making a bunch of air conditioner videos and you know, it's not as easy as a lot of people think that it is. There's so many different things that tie into something else that could be tied to something else. And, you know, ugh. well, it's, you know, it's like you say, though, there is a lot of different things that can be. But, you know, one that's super, super common, dirty flame sensor. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's probably one that customers I've come across a lot of customers that they have heard of a flame sensor, yeah. but they don't necessarily know exactly what it is or what it is you might have heard somebody say somewhere in the past oh yeah just clean your flame sensor right how um, often have you heard that and then you get down there and they show you what they cleaned and they actually <laughs> cleaned they the, busted the igniter. <laughs> igniter oh yeah it's like oh boy no that was not the yeah. flame sensor yeah. well you know uh and i think that especially with uh furnace even more than air conditioners there's a lot of safety devices inside and something will go out and your furnace might stop working and it's not that the furnace is broken. It's that it might think that there's a problem because there, there is a part that's not registering. And so like, what, what does a flame sensor do so that people can like understand why the flame sensor being bad, that the furnace would just stop working? Well, the flame sensor is one of those safety things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In fact, you've got a couple of different kinds sitting here. Oh, hey, I mean, it's just, Basically, just to describe it simply, mm-hmm. it's a metal bar that's inside that, that the flame actually burns directly on, mm-hmm. right? Um, but the thing of this is, this is sensing from the flame itself a really small amount of electricity, mm-hmm. right? Now, if you look in your... Man, I love you. You've got like toys all over the place here. Yeah, you put them on shelves so like we can't reach them and play with them. I think you did it on purpose. Keep it out of our hands. Well, I, I mean, reach the, them. the table... <laughs> You're the, the table one we should have reached. I'm over here playing with them. Look at this. I, yeah, I pulled that igniter out of a furnace yesterday. Yeah, they all look old and used. All right. It's because they came out of our, our scrapyard. I oh, love yeah, the boneyard. <laughs> so it's one of my favorite places to go. Essentially, you've got your burners, yep. right? And you typically have two to 
eight, eight or eight, these. If yep. you, I mean, if you got a massive furnace, you know, um, typically you're going to have an ignition source on one side, right? And on the other side, you're going to have a sensor, flame sensor, mm -hmm. that's just going to let us know that the flame lit and carried all the way across and that you don't have one of your burners somewhere just spewing gas without flame. A couple of things that can happen here that's really dangerous, and the reason they have this is if this lights, right? Well, one thing, say nothing lights, right? Mm -hmm. For some reason, your ignition source doesn't work and nothing lights. This is what tells it to not spew gas and just fill your house with gas. It says, hey, there's no flame, turn off, Yep. right? And so if you, uh, the other thing that it does is sometimes you might have a blockage somewhere and half of this will ignite. And this is where it gets kind of scary, right? So you say you have a couple of burners that actually light up, but your last two or one or whatever doesn't light. And so now you've got gas building up over here with flame over here. Mm -hmm. There's a potential that you could have some major issue once that gas builds up to a point to where it catches that and ignites. And I've actually seen some furnaces have some fun. A little explosion. A little bit of explosions because of that, right? That's one of my favorite ways of uh, describing when I'm on the radio. I, l I love describing uh, the way a furnace works. I'm like, I'm like, look, for as much as technology has improved our lives, for the most part, to heat our homes, we still pump gas into a metal cabinet and light it on fire. <laughs> yep, may as well stand around a fire barrel. <laughs> had one of my technicians yesterday, didn't get lit in an explosion and got some hair burned. So, oh, yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, had an explosion yesterday on a furnace. That he was working on? Yeah. Did it like roll back on him or yep. something? Or is that what happened? Yep. Hey. Ah, good times. Okay, so flame sensor. So what, uh, a dirty flame sensor, what causes it to get dirty? You get build up from the soot on the flames, like Kevin says. It's did inside this you, did flame. Did you want to hold it? I'm um, sure. I'm sure our, our listeners can see it. I was going to say something about <laughs> I'm holding this stuff up. We're on a podcast. <laughs> well, I was actually trying to pay attention and you were like using terms and like it was, I was doing it, was it for okay. your benefit. <laughs> no one else's. I did benefit. And there are people that were watching. So if, the, if your furnace is like in a laundry room, mm -hmm. we get lint on there a lot and can do that. Uh, if, you know, older ones can have soot. If there's, we've seen them where the air conditioner coil leaks on top of it and just rust out and corrodes it. Mm. So there's different things. And then they just can get dirty, yeah. dust flying around and over the years of use. And I mean, what's the most common, so, so them getting dirty and not being able to detect the flame, there being enough of a buildup on the rod that it can't detect, or that the flame can't produce enough electricity for it to, to register on the circuit board. That's the most common, but are there any, um, common factors of why one would fail or is it just that like yeah they go out uh you've got voltage going to it from the control board if you mm -hmm. get like a bad ground or bad wire or something like that that can cause it gotcha. so there's there's little things like that if you got stray voltage and weird voltage going to your house it can cause some issues there and okay. it's sensing such a small amount of electricity mm -hmm. that it doesn't take much to like just make it so it can't so that amount of electricity can't get through Gotcha. If it's this, if Kevin's got that, it's got porcelain base around want, it. Did you want to hold it yeah, again? Yeah, let me hold it again so I can show Mike because Mike's learning here, right? <laughs> if you get cracks on these porcelain right here, it can cause problems if they just, over time, some reason the porcelain cracks, vibration of the furnace or something like that, they can cause some damage to where it's, you know, getting voltage from somewhere else. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. You can, you can put that back, Kevin. I'm done with it now. So flame sensor, that's a, that's a common one that, uh, that we have to go out and, and fix now just really quick yeah. like i was saying before 
this before is on the show or before the show on, on the show. Okay. This is one of those parts that a lot of people have heard something about, mm-hmm. right? And it's actually, I don't know how many times Richard's come across this, but I've, I've seen it quite a few times where you get there and they're like, they finally had, cause they had been trying to clean the flame sensor on their own. Right. And, uh, or do something with it. They've, they'd heard from someone and they're like, yeah, just whatever with the flame sensor. And they've pulled out the wrong item mm-hmm. cause you've got a couple of different things in there yep. and they have busted the igniter or something along those lines. So you actually have got to be really at least know what it is you're looking at. So for sure for the three people that are watching this. <laughs> well, and for those listening that like, uh, cause <laughs> we're the only three that are going to go back and watch it. Um, so there's, there's uh, a lot of, there's a lot of videos online because with it being the most common uh, issue, it is something that if you need to like, you know, get by and just get the, the furnace to stay on, like a flame sensor is something that you can clean. And I know that there's like different camps on like, no, don't clean them. Yes, clean them. Like the stuff that I looked at in, I, I say I, in all of the videos that I make, I usually will tell people like refer to the, your owner's manual. It, it should know whether you should be doing something or not, because I've made videos showing people how to test the flame sensor, how to troubleshoot. If it is the flame sensor, how to clean the flame sensor. And it is something that you can do, but in, in all of the flame sensor videos, if I feel like I'm repeating myself when we make them back to back, because I'm always like, Make sure that you're picking the right one. The igniter is not the flame sensor. It's got a couple wires going to it. This has got one wire going to it. And make sure that you're not mixing those up because, yeah, you can bust it off and and uh, and it won't work. You know, if, you're, if your house is not heating and that seems to be the problem, you see those flames turning on for a couple seconds to turn off, I mean, that's something you can try. I mean, try cleaning it. I mean, use something that's not going to scratch it up. Mm-hmm. You know, don't grab some really gritty sandpaper and you'll yeah, ruin it maybe a rough cloth of some yeah, kind just something to get that carbon build up or something and yeah. try to get it clean and then we can test it and if cleaning will work then great we keep it if not then we'll replace it I've, I've only i've only ever seen and i know that like there's different things that you that you can use or that people use to like get that build up off but in the owner's manuals that i looked at the only two things that i heard them that i saw them reference were a scotch bright pad or a uh, or steel wool and so like Hundred dollar bill. Hundred dollar bill. It's I've, a heard, trade I've heard. I've heard. I've uh, heard technicians off. like say that you could do that. And the, honestly, the yes. The bigger the dollar amount, the better it cleans. <laughs> the more you save on your heating bill. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the I was when I was making the video yesterday uh, about how to clean the burners in your furnace. Um, I. I took the burners out and I could see the flame sensor and it had a little bit of stuff on it. I was like, Oh, let me grab a dollar. And I realized I don't walk around with cash anymore <laughs> and a credit card will not clean your flame sensor, but yeah, they're tough to clean digitally. So, uh, okay. So flame sensors, a uh, common one that goes bad. What's another one that goes up? Igniters. Since we're on the topic of ignition, igniters are definitely one that goes bad a lot. So what causes those to go bad? Definitely wear and tear or somebody trying to clean a flame sensor. <laughs> <laughs> you may have caused it to go out. Uh, yeah. They just get hot over and over and over and over again and wear and tear. They can just eventually wear out. Well, with that heat, that expansion and contraction, do you find that those ones, I don't know why they make them this way, but they're like a... An M. Yeah, like an M shape, and there's like gaps in between it, and the metal or the whatever the material is, the carbon there, is just super thin and makes it even more brittle. Do you find that those fail more than the others? Yes. They're a lot more fragile, for sure. Yeah, the one Kevin had right there, 
that's a newer design. Those ones have definitely been proven more reliable and they're not near as fragile. I went out to the uh, boneyard yesterday and like looked for the kind that has the that little M, that weird shape. And I found one. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to have this as, and we actually wanted to do a video to show how easy it was to break. And so I, I took the, the igniter out and then there was a screw holding it into a bracket. And so I, I put my drill on the screw <laughs> and the bracket it. started vibrating and the thing broke. Yep. And, Cam went, and I was like, Cam, you got that, right? And he's like, no, I wasn't focused on it yet. <laughs> so anyway, so then we had to dig through some more furnaces to try and find another one. Anyway. So Any, anybody that has been doing this for not even that long has had one of those bust when you're trying to replace it. Mm. Like a, the new one, like you're trying to oh, put really? it in and you're trying to be careful and miss, you know, weave it in there and you tap it on something on accident and, and you're like, dang it. I wonder you know? why they make those so fragile. I don't know. Tuesday, was it Tuesday I was out there? I was out the boneyard doing uh -huh. the same thing. I had a new hire I was showing what it was. And I, because of, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years, I used my hand wrench, not the ratchet, the the impact wrench because mm -hmm. I knew if you do that there's a good chance it's going to break because I want to show them hey this is how easily it can break and that's like, a good pro tip right there I'm going to have to remember that so okay so they just get brittle over time uh, is that one susceptible to surges the way that the flame sensor is uh, I would think so okay yeah because they, they, they have to have a certain amount of voltage going to them mm. if not they're not going to work properly got it they, those those specifically ones you look there if you pull out that older one do you? I don't know if you have the video footage of one but if you look at them, they're really white. And if you zoom in on it really good, you'll see where they're starting to crack. Hmm. You'll see like where they're coming apart. Are you talking the M-shaped yep. ones? Uh -huh. I, I I didn't notice that, but we'll start uh, looking for that out. That was the thing I always liked there. about those. You could always look in there and see the crack. Yeah. It's, hmm. You know, super easy to tell when they were actually bad. Yeah, those, those ones have been gone for a few years. But yeah, igniters are definitely something that goes bad. They just, they turn on and off a lot. I mean, I, I had the training once. They said the average furnace turns on like four or five times an hour. Mm. So that's over the heating season over the years. That's a lot of on off. It's going to break. That makes sense. Um, what else? Uh, what's another part that goes bad? We've got two. Just just a few more. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, it is good. That's pretty good. Another one is uh, the inducer motor. Okay. Uh, essentially. What does the inducer motor do? So the inducer motor is what creates, I mean, they call it a draft induced motor, mm -hmm. right? Um, it's what's drawing air through the, com the combustion area, through the heat exchanger, and then up and pushes the exhaust up and out the, up and out the flue, right? The exhaust mm -hmm. pipe. So, that, and that's the first thing that comes on when the furnace kicks on, right? Cause you have to, you have to create that draft and is it a vacuum switch that like yeah. is, uh, or, or is it pressure or vacuum? Pressure switch, switch is what it's called. Pressure switch. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, so that's making sure that that's running uh, before it'll even let anything else happen. Yeah, what it's doing is it's just checking to make sure that your your chambers are clear, your exhaust is clear, there's not blocked or anything like that. So it's a safety feature. I mean, that's a newer design. When I say newer design, I want to say like mid '90s they came in. They didn't have inducer motors before. No, then? no. They just trusted that it was like it drafting. Was nat out. Yeah, natural draft was super. Was was all they had before. Hmm. Interesting. So, um, okay. So, what uh, is there something common that causes those to go out? They have bearings in there. Bearings can go bad. Uh, we get a lot of birds. They climb down the exhaust and get in there, and they just get inside the little cage, and then the thing can't spin. So I have to tear them apart and clean those out or whatever. It's amazing the stuff that you'll actually find down there. Uh, we had one recently where we pulled out like. 47 golf balls. <laughs> I mean, you don't, 
That Someone's, sounds like a kid that like was having fun. Yeah, they couldn't. It was winter, so there's no grasshoppers. Was this uh, at your house? Was this at your house, <laughs> no. Kevin? No, no. We've had. We actually. I'll tell you one of the weirdest ones. We actually pulled a uh, big old fat raccoon out of one recently that had been dead there for a little bit. Really? Yeah, it was nasty. I wonder if I, my one of my guys sent this picture in yesterday. I'm show you guys that are here, but it's pretty crazy. There's it's some kinda... some of the older flu pipes. Well, not some of the older ones. Even some. I mean. They can be pretty good size. Mm-hmm. Some of the older styles, the caps weren't such that they kept a lot of stuff out. Mm-hmm. And so new codes, new new high wind caps, whatever else, they keep most of the birds and stuff out of your uh, your metal flues, right? But uh, there's still some of the older style ones around, and you'll get some weird stuff. And those there. inducer motors, those those exhausts, they're not really being used all summer, no. right? Because no. you only it only comes on when you're trying to like make heat mm-hmm. and use the furnace portion, and so it's it, it's easy to see how something could get in there and think like, oh, I just found a space to to make my little home, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, the bearings you mentioned uh, in there is that what? Is that where some squeals will come from? Here, you want to see that? Yeah. We, <laughs> we got. Okay, so I'm looking at a picture that. Is that a squirrel? Yeah. <laughs> is, is that that came off of a job? Yeah, like, yes, I think it was yesterday. Were we replacing it or was it a tr- uh, a service call? A service call. Man. You got you got to like send me these things so I can post them on social media. That's hilarious. <laughs> Do you want I me mean, to get the, get you the, the raccoon? Squirrel. No, I, I sent you the raccoon one. I don't think you gave me a raccoon, didn't I? Uh, if we might have did, sent you a picture of it in the bucket afterwards. That that's that that sounds like it's a little familiar, but like yeah, like uh, yeah. Send send me send me pictures so, so I can I'm like airdrop post it. You're gonna have to run up to your office and hit accept. Oh, <laughs> Just text it to me. <laughs> I'm not gonna run upstairs during the show. Uh, anyway, all right, cool. So. Inducer motors go out. Uh, uh, so now let me ask you this. When things build a nest or crawl down in there, <clears throat> excuse me, is the inducer motor going out? Oh, my iPad gets uh, text. So I see that you that, that came through. <laughs> so um, when it gets blocked, is it going bad because the motor is overheating because it can't move the air? Or is it that something is getting down in there, binding up the, the, the fan portion and, and the motor's burning out? Could be both. Both of them, mm-hmm. either one of those. Is that more common? Is that a more common reason for it failing rather than voltage spikes? Or I don't have any like data to say it's a voltage spike more than wear and tear. But yeah, no, I would say they just don't work as more common than something inside of it. Got it. Because um, like I said, they have bearings in there and stuff like that. Those go bad. Gotcha. Oh, that's where I was, I was going to start asking earlier. But uh, when the bearings go out, when you're hearing a winding noise or like a high pitched squeal, is that usually the bearings or could it be something else that's like uh normally it's the bearings, but it could be something that the cage in there is hitting something. But most of the time it's a bearing. Cause my, my furnace, go ahead. You were going to say something. Well, I was just going to say that they, there's a blower wheel inside the housing that that's mounted to. Mm-hmm. And there is, I mean, that can slide up and down the shaft a little bit and uh, can actually rub on the housing. That's cool. <laughs> so uh, I was just think, I gotta say it. No, don't say it. If we're gonna have to cut it out, don't say it. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Okay, that. good. <laughs> uh, in the previous ones, we cut, we called it a squirrel cage. Now we see squirrels climb down there and they use it. But that's not the cage that <laughs> you're was, talking about. He, he never he made it to the down squir- there. It's got a squirrel cage in it. it that's it, what I'm trying to say. There was a squirrel cage, and it's like I gotta get there. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, uh, what was I gonna say? The um, oh, so on my furnace. Like since I've been making the furnace videos, 
uh, I've been starting it up and whenever my inducer comes on, there'll be a high pitch whining noise. And so one of the videos that I'm gonna make is actually like pull the thing off and see if like cleaning it would help. But the little, um, the little shaft that's exposed that you can see the back of turning, like if I push on it while it's turning and making that squealing noise, sometimes that will help to quiet it. And so I don't know if I'm like pushing it like if it's rubbing up against something and when I push it, it like kind of hmm. pushes the fan part or something against that it's possible. not rubbing on. But uh, that's going to be one of my videos. Yeah, it's possible. There's little I don't know what I'm going to find. In the middle of the blower wheel, there's a, a hub that the the shaft goes through that mm -hmm. you've got a little set screw on. And so it can. It can. Is it just a smaller just version of the blower mm -hmm. fan? Okay. Pretty much. Got it. Well, that one should be a fun video because since I don't know what I'm. This is going to be <laughs> don't awesome. Don't know what I'm getting into. Like, uh, you ever like tear it apart and you're just wondering, am I going to get this back together? I'm going to tell you this. When I was making the uh, burner uh, video yesterday, I went out to the boneyard first because I wanted to get I wanted to get some B-roll of how different burner assemblies come apart. Like, oh, you got you might have a door that's covering it. You might have to take a bracket off. You might have to remove the uh, or loosen the gas. What's the, the line coming from the valve? Is that gas line or what's that pipe called? From the from it's it, the shutoff valve, the hand shutoff. No, valve? from the from oh, the gas I valve just call it a gas that has the little uh, gas manifold. Oh, the gas manifold, yeah. Oh, manifold. Mm -hmm. Man, I should have used that word when I was making the video. <laughs> that way makes me sound way smarter. <laughs> Absolutely. Now I'm gonna go back and be like, dang it, just dub it in, Austin. You're gonna need to do some manifold. editing this week. <laughs> anyway, but uh, what was I saying? Oh, you might have to release, really uh, loosen the manifold. And I'll tell you this: I had never taken the burners apart in my furnace, but they're they're I can see them. They're accessible, and I was like, oh, this is, this will be easy. But there was none. There were none out in the boneyard that I took apart where there was a screw holding it down, and there wasn't enough room to get even your angled like uh, screwdriver or driver thing on it. And so I had I was looking at it, and one of the steps that I that I gave was like. Okay, take a second and actually look and see if you can tell how the thing is put together. Which screws are you going to like unloosen and like all this stuff? And I'm like, you're going to have to like pay attention when you're putting it back together. And the funny thing is, is I filmed the intro to the video first because I was like, I was like, uh, the in-shot burners in my furnace are pretty easy to get to. Yours might be more difficult. And then once we get to the part where I'm taking them apart, I have to take the plate off the top. I have to start disconnecting wires off of like the flame sensor, the rollout switches. And I'm like, oh man, I should, I should have taken a picture to see how this <laughs> stuff went back together. And then when I went to, uh, cause at the end of the videos, I always say, okay, turn the furnace back on to make sure that you didn't accidentally like do something to cause it not to work. So we turn it, flip the switch back on and it doesn't ignite. And I'm like, uh Oh, <laughs> and I'd forgotten to turn the gas on back on. And so I turned the gas back on and I, uh, I flipped the switch off. I turned it back on and it still didn't ignite. And I was like, this wasn't that complicated. <laughs> and so, but on the gas valve inside the furnace, there's a little switch that has like an on and off. And that thing is super temperamental. Like I don't even remember bumping it, but like it like flips, like no effort whatsoever. And didn't, so I turned that back on and it came on. Didn't you just send this video out in an email that took check for that? Look, <laughs> <laughs> I, I learned by doing. 
the reason that I am the one making the videos is, and I and I try to come across as like, look, I'm a homeowner just like you guys. I'm learning along with you, and that's why I have you guys to be able to to reference. It's just that I am I'm a I'm probably a little more mechanically inclined than like the average person, and so I always at the end I felt bad that I had said mine are pretty easy to get to, so I I made like a dub a voiceover be like, well, I thought mine were easier to get to, <laughs> and I promise there are some that are harder than this. Anyway, okay, so. I don't know how we got on that, but uh, inducer motor, uh, what's another uh, part that fails? So we've got three so far. We got the flame sensor, uh, igniters, inducer fan, or inducer motor. What What else? Anything Bl else? Blower motors. Okay, blower motors, and that's the big motor that forces the air yes. through the house. So what, what are things that go wrong on it? Uh, well, you've got the motor itself can go bad, and the capacitor on there can go bad, but the motor itself, just the again, the windings, the bearings go out. There's electrical windings in there. Is it more common, because when we did our air conditioner episodes, one of the most common things that goes out is the capacitor. So on the blower fan, is the capacitor more common that it goes out, or the motor itself goes out? Probably the capacitor, but the motor is what you notice. Because mm -hmm. uh, what we see a lot of times is the capacitor may be weak, but your blower is still turning on. Mm -hmm. The capacitor is bad. It's out of range, but it's not preventing your blower from turning on yet. And if, you're, if your capacitor is out of range, that's going to put more wear and tear yes. and shorten the life of the motor itself. Mm -hmm. um, so when the motor... Um, okay, so... So electricity is going to affect motors. Is there a way to, when you go out and one of the, this is a selfish question for me, for those of you listening, because I'm going to be making a video on, on this. And so I might as well ask now instead of after I've made the video and look stupid. Um, when you have the motor, when you test it, are you testing the, it, on the nameplate? It tells you how many amps it should be drawing, correct? Mm -hmm. Or a range. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, so if it's out of that range, then you know that the motor is starting to go bad. And are you testing the motor in addition to the capacitor? Well, yes, you're testing it in addition. I mean, if it's drawing high amps or something like that, I mean, it could be like just your airflow, like you could have a dirty coil and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So there might be some other things. Uh, if those all check out, then yeah, then you're, you've got a motor issue gotcha. there. Gotcha. Okay, so besides the, so is the most common reason that a uh, that a blower motor goes out is because of, all of that extra wear and tear on the motor, whether it be a clogged a coil, a dirty filter, a bad capacitor. Is that the most common thing that yeah. goes out on it? I've heard you guys talk about before, like it'll like wobble, like the, it'll get out of whack that way. What yeah, causes you, that? You can get dirt on the blower cage. So, and then what happens is that dirt can just get unbalanced and so it's causing it to be spin uneven, Got and then it. it just wears those bearings out more. And, I believe mine was under warranty, but like a motor is like a fairly expensive part yeah. to, mm -hmm. to fix, right? Yeah, it's one of the bigger things. Yeah, I think mine was like 800 bucks. <laughs> so those- That was the part. That wasn't even like the labor to fix it. The motors, they have- uh, I should have been making videos back then, so I- <laughs> But I wasn't. The motors have little air terminals as the air go past it. Mm -hmm. It cools the motor down. Sometimes it just gets dirt on there and then- they get plugged and so the motor overheats and then it causes damage to electrical components inside of it and burn them up. Which you gotta, you know, jump in here and just mention, that's why we have a filter, you know what I mean? To try and keep things from getting to that point. Usually that's a neglected furnace, yeah. which honestly, it's a, it's a huge percentage of furnaces that get neglected, sure. filters that get neglected. Absolutely. So, And you know, I think we didn't mention filter as one of the things that fail, but 
because it's not really a part like we think of, like the parts that fail on the furnace. But the filter, there's a reason that they that they say it's the most important thing and the easiest thing that you can do yourself because there's all kinds of negative consequences of either not having a filter, having one that's too dirty, you know, from airflow, dirt getting into it. And with all the videos and research and stuff that I've been, uh, you know, doing and all this stuff that I've been content, I've been making the biggest thing with furnace maintenance, cleaning, like making sure things are clean. Like if you were to like clean your furnace really well, once or twice a year during the season, because you mentioned, you know, the backside of that motor gets plugged up. And honestly, I'm realizing the, I'm realizing now, whenever I ask you guys, um, you know, how long should something last? And you're like, Oh, it depends. It really like (laughs) the impression, the the condition. Well, that's how you sound whenever I hear from everybody. (laughs) How long should a water heater, water heater last? Oh, it depends. Uh, so anyway, but, uh, the condition that the furnace is, uh, installed in or the condition it's operating under because like some of them are in attics, crawl spaces, laundry Laundry rooms. You mentioned that. And my furnace is, uh, like 14 years old, but luckily it was, it was installed in uh, a room that's fairly clean. Cause like when I pulled my burners off, I was like, I, I promise no one has like cleaned these things in like the last 14 years since the thing was installed. And I was expecting like, Oh, this is going to be really good for the video. And it wasn't that dirty. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, but anyway, but luckily there were some yucky ones out in the, in the boneyard. Um, okay. So blower motor goes out, uh, as that's for one more, and then we'll wrap this episode. What's another common part that goes out. One that uh, people probably hear about the most, or one of the big ones is a circuit board, mm. you know, circuit boards are the, the scary one that people always, Oh, don't tell me it's a circuit board. You know what I mean? It sounds expensive. It is expensive. It's true. I mean, they're, uh, it's basically the brain, you know, it's the computer. It's mm-hmm. the thing that's making everything else function the way that it's supposed to. So if they start getting haywire, the, the tricky thing with them is maybe there is something else that's wrong. You know what I mean? But unless that circuit board's good, I can't even test the other stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That makes sense. So, yeah, that's one definitely that the, the voltage is surge and something like that could definitely take out. Is that, I mean, does dirt short them out? They can cause an overheat. The same thing. They get voltage and relays in there. They get mm. warm. So if they're dirty, they're going to act as an insulator and it's going to definitely heat up. They do have burn marks on there and stuff like that. Huh? Another one that can affect it because you guys have like taught me this. Like uh, if you have uh, a humidifier that's leaking into the furnace and water's running down into you know onto the circuit board or something like that. So so yeah. So circuit boards going out is a common one. So there's actually been several things that we mentioned uh, with that the electricity and the voltage fluctuation uh, could impact them in a negative way. Um, do you guys, or do are, do furnaces come with like any type of built-in surge protection? Cause I know that you can add surge protection onto the home uh, to help reduce that, but. No, not really a surge protector. When, when the voltage comes to the circuit board, does it transform before or does the circuit board transform it down into lower voltage? Typically it's before. So it hits a transformer mm-hmm. and then it's lower voltage when it gets to the circuit board. Well, no, you, so your, you, circuit, your circuit board has high and low voltage running through yeah. it. Oh. So it, it really, you've got a, a transformer first, which yeah. And it transforms it down into smaller voltage. That's your control voltage mm-hmm. that all of the safety stuff 
and the like your what's going up to your thermostat all that's running off of the lower stuff but yeah you've got your high voltage has to go to it also because you've got the high voltage items that have to be able to be controlled as well is the inducer motor a, a high voltage one because mm -hmm. the motor and the is, is besides the inducer motor and the blower motor is the igniter an, a high voltage one most of them yeah uh, that one you handed right there the it one, had a little thing yeah, in it right it's a 24 volt gotcha all right well yeah. good what were you gonna say i say that's how come if you'd be an electrician by trade mm -hmm. you'd see the wires are very small yeah it's because it's 24 volt not 120 um anything else uh not going into more parts but on the things that we talked about before we wrap the show i think you already touched on it but keeping water out of your furnace. Mm -hmm. There's a few things, you know, it comes from humidifiers sometimes. So it's a good thing to make sure you're watching those and checking your pads and just making sure you don't have leaks and drips. And then also um, people don't realize when the summertime, when you're running your AC, you oftentimes your copper lines that run into the AC, sometimes your, the insulation that's there to prevent the uh, condensation. The condensation. Um, sometimes it's pulled back or ripped off and you'll have a section Maybe it's only a couple inches, maybe it's a foot. Uh, and sometimes that'll, you'll actually look down at the top of the furnace and you see water marks where it's been dripping on it. Mm -hmm. uh, just stuff to keep an eye open for because that water, if it gets down in and builds up, I mean, it can get on the inducer motor and cause issues there. It can, if, it, if you do get water down in there onto the circuit board, I mean, obviously that's not a good, sure. good uh, recipe for anything, so. Got it. Well, that's the show. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next Tuesday with a new episode of In the House. Um, if you'd like to know more about Any Hour Services, go to anyhourservices.com. I've been your host, Mike Wilson, and you've been listening to In the House. See ya.